following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Ever reading content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Turkey Day is upon us this weekend and we bring to you a special Survivor Series themed episode of Kicking Out It 2. I'm your host Dave Rosenbluth and we're, we, got, we got some fun planned for you back in the saddle. Uh, he, was a, he was a part of our Survivor Series 97 watch along which is up in the archives over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. Search your Retromania with a W. He is my co-host for today, a, a longtime contributor to the podcast, my younger brother, Justin Rosenbluth. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't bring any uh, yams or sweet potato pie or nothing. But no, it's no, that's all right. You know, nothing was required for this for the, for this episode. Uh, you, you brought some homework the last one, so yeah, yeah, right. Oh, it's cool. It's all good, man. Just, yep. You know, excited to be here, and you know, Survivor Series is uh, a nice, um, a nice unsung hero of a pay per view. So it's always fun to talk about. Yes, if, if what was once a fall classic could become that again, uh, with the the inception of the war games being added at the time of this recording, uh, we, we we are not. We do not know who has participated or who will be participating in the War Games match. We can speculate as we watch this um, this episode, or I'm sorry, this watch along, because it's special. It's a it's a Survivor Series roulette is what we're going to be doing. So I went on WheelOfNames.com and I put some selections from some milestone anniversaries of Survivor Series. So we're celebrating the 35th, the 30th, the 25th, the 20th, the 15th, and the 10th. Uh, year of, of the inception of Survivor Series, those milestone anniversaries, and on this week now, you and I we watched Survivor Series '97, so we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the event, and that was mainly in part with the Montreal Screw Job, which you can go back and find that in the archives. Uh, but the, we're going to pick some matches from these milestone Survivor Series, put it on WheelOfNames.com, hit the wheel, whatever comes up is going to be what we're going to watch on the Peacock. Still the worst streaming app in uh, the history of, uh, of of mankind. If you I don't know, man. Have you had? Uh, have you watched? Have you done anything on HBO Max? That's a pretty shitty. I have not. Series. I think Peacock's better than HBO Max. So, so again, that's a low bar to clear. You can ask Dennis. There's been a few times sure where he I've has had... like some sort of grand theory about it. No, no, no. He no. He, but he has seen my meltdowns. In it, of course. On, on these, uh, when I've tried to cue things up, like. Like I don't, I've never had a problem. Okay, I never have an issue with anywhere else on the Peacock app. Nikki and I watch Dateline. We watch that John Wayne Gacy documentary. You know, we, we've seen a few things. We watch some movies. And I think they're like up that. in their game personally. The, the, the rest of that app, I've never had any issues with. But anytime I try to cue something up on on this fucking Peacock when it comes to the WWE portion of it, there's a lot of lagging. I got the high speed internet. I got the top yeah, top yeah, of the yeah. line internet. Okay, you would think that you know we wouldn't have any. There's been times where I've tried doing watch-alongs and and the the app's not working properly. It would, yeah. just, it would just drive me nuts. There, you go back to the WrestleMania eight episode. I had a fucking oh, meltdown. Man, that could have been. A, I'm sure just the meltdown could have been an episode on its own. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Dennis got a kick out of that, and he actually <sighs> it was funny because we did a watch-along 
a long time after that and Dennis was like oh I'm, I'm, he goes you know I, I found that really funny no disrespect I hope we get one of those again so oh man um, spoken like true Dennis well yeah, I will the, say in my in my um, experience in the world of media um, Peacock in on the hierarchy of, of quality uh, streaming services is closer to the bottom than it is the top yep. I will say that that and HBO Max I think HBO Max I have not has, is there's good stuff on it don't get me wrong like, I know we're kind of jumping off the rails a little bit here, no, but there's no, no. good stuff on it. Like, I remember they had, like, the two-part documentary series on Tiger Woods that kind of went into his life. And, like, of course, all, like, the sex addict stuff that he got yeah. into. Um, there's the show White Lotus, if you're interested in that, um, which season two uh, just came out. has um, what's his name? Chris Moltisanti. I can't forget his name. Oh, Michael Imperiorly. Michael Imperiorly, yeah. He's Chris Moltisanti. Yeah, exactly. He's Chrissy. He's Chrissy. So season two just came out of that. Season one was very popular. Um, Other shows, too, that... I, uh, uh, winning time this is the show about the Lakers uh, dynasty starting when with Magic Johnson and Showtime. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good series there. Um, So they have good stuff, but in the lag department... Maybe the interface and navigating uh, through it's a pain in the ass, A little right? bit, too, actually. I think it's a little bit more unfriendly than the others. Um, I'm not a huge... like Again, I like it. Like We we got it solely for the in anticipation of uh, the Sopranos movie, The Many Saints of Newark, which uh-huh. is a whole other podcast on its own. Yep. Um, I don't hate it, but I certainly don't love it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it... I'm in defense of Peacock, though, I think it is much better than HBO Max. I think its content's totally upped its game. And I think when you got a property like WWE that just refreshes and adds weekly, monthly with good shit, I think Peacock is pretty good. And like I said, in the world of media to people who know way more than I know and get paid to do so, they, um, you know, it's there's a pretty large consensus that the peacocks and HBO Maxes of the world are, are closer to closer to um, you know being curtain jerkers, if you will, mm-hmm. of the streaming services. The main events, of course, being you know the Netflixes, the Disney Pluses, the Hulus. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which you know I can certainly champion as 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 a as a as a cast member, if you will. I guess that would be my official um, association with Disney in that respect. But um, but yeah, no, that's that's my two cents on that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, the interface. I think just navigating through it is a pain, um, and then like a lot of lagging, um, not being able to search for stuff uh, for, you know, uh, an entity that ha- covers a lot of live sporting events. Like you know, you get the NFL Sunday Night games yeah. and things like that. Like when they have Notre Dame football. Yeah. You know, you have college football. Uh, you, things like that. When you have that stuff on that program on on that entity. And I don't. I've never watched a live sporting event on Peacock, but obviously I've watched a live WWE event on Peacock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't fast forward and or rewind. That like, bothers like me that's too. A, I agree. With that you on is that. a huge pain in the ass because then you know you come home. If I'm at you know, there's been times where I've been out on a night that they have a premium live event, and I'll come home and I'll have to watch the middle of whatever you know match I'm in, and then. You know, wait till yep. it's over, and then there's even a lag time when they when they drop the replay yep. and it, and the actual you know from from the, the 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 event that took place. So yeah, no, I agree on that too. That part actually frustrates me. On the WWE side of Peacock, like I, while I, while I appreciate the the welcome additions of original content they put out there, 
I will say that the library that is offered is much smaller than it was on when it was a standalone service. Yep. Which is a, a thumbs down for me. There was yeah. so, every documentary they ever made was put out there. Yes. And you can watch any of them at any yep. time. You don't get that. There's option. a few missing ones there. There's a lot for of instance, stuff that's the missing. horseman documentary yes. that was a big favorite. There's just a lot of stuff that like you just that, that they didn't add on when they migrated over. And then to your point, like the fast forward option, like if, if the event already started and I'm late to get home, I can't watch the beginning of it. Yeah. I have to watch right when it started. Perfect example. At the time of this recording, we are, we are 24 hours away from Crown Jewel having aired. Yeah. And I actually began to – I was beginning to watch it yesterday in the middle of doing a lot of things. And then my day got busier. Henny woke up from her nap. Yeah. That stuff gets turned off. Yeah. And then it's like you have an opportunity again, hopefully like, okay, the main event's going to start soon. I can jump in that. Like, yeah. You know, it's just – it's not the same as just like I can stop it where I stop it. Yeah. That's the end of it. Or I know. You either have to just wait for – you have to, if you want to sit down and watch the whole thing through and you got a busy life – you're avoid gonna have, social media. Avoid social media and yeah. wait and wait until it's it's over completely. Yeah. And then check in on it. But again, that's you know, that would be my advice. But yeah, enough of the um these things are getting better. I will yeah. say they're getting better. Okay. You know, it's but I you know, it's you know, we, we were very much spoiled with the service we got with WWE Network. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, Let's spoil our listeners here as yeah. we're going to watch one of these classic Survivor Series matches that's on the, the what I would like to call the kicking out of two Survivor Series roulette. But this is a part of wheelofnames.com. You can create your own little randomizer on there. No, I'm not plugging their product uh, or, the, or their you know the, this, this app or whatever it is. But I thought it was pretty cool to kind of incorporate that with our watch along, make things a little more uh, organic and spontaneous. So um, the choices are from 35 years ago, the first main event from Survivor Series. 1987 team hogan against team andre team hogan had uh the rock don morocco mr wonderful paul orndorff bam bam bigelow and ken patera um on with hogan as the captain of course and team yep. andre captained by andre the giant had king kong bundy the one-man gang the natural butch reed and ravishing rick rude with bobby heenan and the doctor of style slick in their wow. corner so um that's from 1987 the other choice a, a traditional standard wrestling tag team match that took place on Survivor Series, which happened to be the first year that the whole card wasn't littered with all classic Survivor Series matches. Uh, co-main events, Macho Man Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect taking on Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. And the main event of that pay-per-view was Bret Hart's very first WWF Championship title defense on pay-per-view after he had won it a month prior from yeah. Ric Flair taking on the newly acquired Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, kind of a quiet little, in the history of their rivalry, kind of a quiet match that no one really talks about. Yeah, yeah, because there's so much else that, you know, is gets documented that yeah. gets its attention. Um, from 2002, 20 years ago, the Elimination Chamber, the very first Elimination Chamber match from Madison Square Garden. Shawn Michaels won that match um, in very um, historic fashion, if you will. Uh, in Ma- inside Madison Square Garden, the first match of its kind, which back then even that was kind of a um, uh, a rarity to see a match that's so new because at that time, you know, wrestling had done it all when it came to gimmick matches. Speaking of Shawn Michaels, he's also on the he's he's littered in this uh, in this, this this Survivor Series roulette. His match against Randy Orton from 2007 for the WWE Championship, where if he Use the sweet chin music, he would get disqualified. That is also a choice on the roulette wheel. John Cena and Ryback challenging CM Punk for the WWE Championship, part of Punk's, at that time, historic championship reign. 
uh, from 2012. That was the night that The Shield debuted. And the final choice on the roulette wheel is The Dealer's Choice, where our co-host Justin will get to choose which Survivor Series match we will watch on Peacock. That is if the the arrow lands on Dealer's Choice. So, without further ado, um, I'm going to hit the wheel. There's no dramatic music or any kind of noise or sound effects, so you're just going to have to trust me on this. We don't have <laughs> YouTube or anything like that where you can see the video, but I will post the picture up in the social media um, uh, and, and on the post when I post the link. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, um, I'm going to hit the button, and we're going to find out what we're going to watch. So, here we go. Boom. Okay, adding sound effects. I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it. And the choice is the Elimination Chamber from 2002. I from was kind of secretly hoping that was going to From Madison Square Garden. So we got a little meat on the bones. We can talk about that. So find Survivor Series 2002 in the, uh, in, in, on the Peacock. And we're going to take a short break and give you a brief preview of a rundown of what's to come for content as part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network this holiday season. Hey everyone, this is Dave Rosenbluth from Kicking Out at Two, and thank you for listening to this episode as I'm here to spread some holiday cheer. Remind you of what's to come, courtesy of the folks of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network this holiday season. Right now in the archives, you can find the latest installment of Marking Out the Days, covering the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob, but with a twist. What if the Screwjob was a carefully elaborate storyline on WWF programming? All the major players involved, Vince, Brett, Sean, as Kobe and myself map out the trajectory of those individuals and so many more from Montreal in 97 to WrestleMania 14 in 1998. Plus, over on Kicking Out of Two, we get in the holiday spirit with a couple of Secret Santa watch-alongs and other holiday-themed content to close out 2022. Cool truth with AC and the crew continue to cover the current-day landscape of pro wrestling with AEW, WWE, and much more. Plus, other great bonus content all in the streams coming real soon. Search Retromania on any podcast platforms provided for all the great nostalgic pro wrestling content at your leisure. Now, let's get back to the Survivor Series Roulette Watch Along only on Kicking Out at Two. All right, we are back and ready for this Survivor Series Watch along as we're going to be watching the very first Elimination Chamber match for the World Heavyweight Championship from the 2002 Survivor Series event. Triple H defended the World Heavyweight Championship against Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, Booker T, Kane, and eventually lost it to the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, the sixth and final challenger. So um, what I want for you to do is uh, search Survivor Series 2002. Uh, you can find that um, in the WWE hub of Peacock if you're already there. Um, and you're, I'm going to have you fast forward to one hour, 45 minutes, and two seconds. And then pause it and you're going to see the graphic of the, the Survivor Series uh, Elimination Chamber World Championship match. And uh, when I press play, I'm going to play the audio for the video package for this match. Um, and yeah, we're going we're gonna to get things rolling here if you will. So when I say play, press play. Keep keep your audio down. I'll turn mine up. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap. And in three, two, one, hit play. Stars for the World Heavyweight title. An ingenious 
Oh, this is so 2002. We don't own the rights to this music, by the way. moments from now is quite possibly the most inhuman, vile match in WWE history. Hasn't even happened yet. As you must this would be the first one, yeah. World Heavyweight Championship against five other challengers in the Elimination Chamber. You know, Coach, September, I was deemed to be the World's Heavyweight Champion because I was the best, because I am the best. In the past three months, I had beaten everybody that was placed before me, gone through every obstacle. But was it good enough? No, it wasn't. You see, I'm the object of a lot of envy, coach. So what it comes down to is tonight, inside of 10 tons of steel, elimination chamber, I will go up against five of the very best ever in this business. And the fact is that when tonight is over, Coach, I will walk out of Madison Square Garden still the best, still the game, and still the world's heavyweight champion because I am that damn good. But for right now, Right now, I've got a first-class ticket to hell, and I just want to know who's coming with me. Yeah, all right. That's pretty good. A couple things. Good. A couple things that I take away from that. Yeah, so, let's hear it. That like hype video was like apparently that had to have been some sort of strategy of sorts 
presentation wise because I don't know if you remember they did like hype videos like that almost like music video style a lot like specifically Wrestlemania had a couple of those yeah that year in Toronto so, I know Saliva so, played at Wrestlemania yeah that year. and they like played to a music like to a music video that didn't have much in terms of linguistic storytelling yeah it like, was just know, like setting clips. up the match it was just clips and yeah obviously you could it's a different way to really understand the story that they're about to yeah. tell in the ring so there's that. Um, so I thought that was interesting that we got to see that again and it sounded, and it, and it feels like just based off of those two instances that that was something they were trying in the year 2002, at least I couldn't tell you any more about it than that. But, um, secondly, I know that like when you talk about the story of Shawn Michaels and his career and his resurgence and his comeback and all that, so they showed highlights of SummerSlam 2002 and him, you know, getting beat up at the end and kind of carried out, even though he won, um, but at least, you know, when you watch these documentaries and you see all these interviews, Sean and Triple H have kind of alluded to the idea that, or even said it outright in some cases. That was cases, a one and done? That it was, we're going to see how what Sean has left in the tank. Yeah. We're going to see what, we're going to, you know, we're not sure. We want to get we're this We're taking one a one match at a time. Yeah. But the way they ended it would clearly tell you that they had plans to at least get to this match. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, what if what if Sean threw up a stinker and they, 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 they do the post-match beatdown and what, we never see Sean Michaels again? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that's if that, yeah. but, but if if what they're saying in these interviews is true, then Shawn Michaels, they were rolling the dice. And I know they probably were from a physical standpoint, but I'm sure they would have found. It clearly seems like they would have found any way possible to get him back in the ring, even if he couldn't, based on the way they ended it. Yeah. Um, hey, well, let's let's just bring some context to what we're watching here. Eric Bischoff currently. First time in Madison Square Garden on television, I think, to the best of my recollection. Probably, uh, given his, his career path. Given yeah, his, yeah his, you know, his, his time in WCW. Um, Storyline creator of the Elimination Chamber. Uh, has, um, I is like out, what he's doing. Uh, is out, like, really trying to sell the, the, the mystique behind the chamber while he explains the rules of it. The unforgiving structure aspect of it. He's taking a lead pipe and banging it up against the, the stadium, the, the chamber, so that you know this ain't shit that they're just going to fall on. This gently. isn't a Chuck E. Cheese bounce yeah, house. There's, nothing, like, there's yeah. no forgiveness to this. This, yeah. is, this, is, um, this is the real deal. And by all accounts, it was, until they obviously made the change, which is, I'm sure for a lot of good reasons. Safety reasons, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we see Bischoff almost tripping. Yeah, speaking of safety, fucking face. what a what a great way to really sell it. Like, man, this guy tripped walking out of it. Yeah, what the Imagine fuck is going to happen when they go inside? inside? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, during this time period as a fan, I was not the biggest fan of Raw and their content at that time. And, well, no, neither was I. And you know, SmackDown was the 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 more watchable show, the more watchable program. I felt like as much as. As much as you look back in hindsight and be like, damn, the brand extension, early days of the brand extension, there were some hidden gems and you know, we, we didn't know what we had until it was gone. During that time period, I didn't really like how they structured the brand extension. I thought that it was kind of a work in progress and it didn't feel like they were two separate brands um, in the same vein that we felt that WWF and WCW were two separate brands. In the beginning, yeah, I agree. Speaking of saliva, yeah, <laughs> as they play Jericho out to the ring from New York, yeah, from the World Cafe. Yeah. Um, they yeah. couldn't call it WWE New York anymore; they'd call it the World. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there was, um, well, to that point, before I jump into the 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 um, brand split part, I believe the the reason why they called it that and it was because it. Stop, it, it it allowed them more range as a 
as a brick and mortar hospitality establishment to attract more people. Yeah. Like they became more of a nightclub. It wasn't just a WWE themed restaurant yeah. anymore. They wanted to not pigeonhole their 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 service, their yeah. store as one thing. Yeah. With the most what I what's been said is the most expensive plot of real estate in New York City or one of they needed to obviously make better use out of it than yeah. just a wrestling store. We need more yeah, we need more people to come in here so we can pay the fucking rent. Yeah. It's already tough enough as it is yeah, to, so, to to own a restaurant and operate it. You're, exactly. you're, taking, you're taking a bath off the rip when it comes to a restaurant. I've yeah, been exactly. in the restaurant, but you've you've had experience in the restaurant business. I did it for seventeen years, not owning a place, but being, you know, involved with people who were owners and you know the, the the aspects of that, but goes well, without well, saying. Well, I think too to your point, not to get too far off the rails. Like having us both been in the restaurant industry, hospitality industry, in various forms. You know, when you're not the boss, you certainly have a lot of ideas of how you would do things if you were in charge. Much like oh, a yeah, wrestler does. Everybody's a Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's much like yeah. The, you know, much like the wrestlers are when they talk about in wrestling fans. It's not my how, wallet. That's, yeah, who, who <laughs> you're booking to do this and who you want to go over. Yeah. Like we're doing the same thing in a restaurant. What yeah. you know, what food we want to put on the menu, yeah. what service we want to provide yeah. xyz right like how we can do things better right yep um as as close as i've been to the management side of things in in the in a restaurant um i don't care how much money you have restaurants really aren't a winning endeavor no <laughs> unless you're the dardens of the world yeah that are yeah. billion dollar corporations yeah. that um that are that specialize in yep. you're they're not winning endeavors yeah. i don't care how you could have restaurants for 20 30 years it's going to go out of business eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just is. It's it's just not a it's not a lifelong sustainable career in terms of ownership um, yeah. without the the stress and lack of quality of life. But yeah, let's get off that topic because that's not what we're yeah. going to talk about. Yeah, nobody but, wants to listen to us talk about restaurants. Yeah, but no, of the, course The brand talk- extension for me, I just didn't like the way it was structured at the time early on. I think also what made it really difficult for me to watch Raw was the content. Not There were, there were guys that were in positions that I felt like should have been in different positions. And I felt there was there was angles and storylines that it just wasn't connecting. Obvious, the, the most obvious elephant in the room being the Katie Vick angle, where Triple right. H accused Kane, his opponent, at, a, at an upcoming pay-per-view of murdering his girlfriend. And then he reenacted him screwing that corpse in a coffin, yeah. which... You go YouTube the Opie and Anthony show. Triple H tells a great story about him and Vince recording that 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 segment for Monday Night Raw, which actually I guess took place while there was an actual funeral in the next room at the funeral parlor. Yeah, no, I have I, which I don't know how much of that I believe, whatever. but then again, whatever. Um, but there it doesn't that. it doesn't it doesn't take the stink away for how terrible it was. Yes, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and an awful. Segment. So so that to me, like I felt like when when they. When they brought Michaels back and then they pulled him out because of the, the injury angle and then they put Hunter with Kane and the whole Katie Vick thing, I was just kind of turned off by Raw. I was a big RVD fan and they kind of like gave him like a cup of coffee and I'm uh, in a main event and I, I, I was just, I don't know. I, I didn't like the brand extension when it started. And then when they restructured it and they made Stephanie the GM on, on SmackDown and Bischoff the GM on Raw and they were kind of, you know, stealing each other's talent and I think Rock was involved briefly on his way to SummerSlam. I was like, that was like, you saw some matches that were unbelievable. Rock and Eddie Guerrero on a Monday yeah. Night Raw. I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. And I felt like, okay, they're really getting the kick of the, you know, the, the hang of the brand extension. And then after SummerSlam, it, it really shifted and things changed. And looking back on it, I can understand why. But at the same time, um, 
My point being is I'm going around the block here. Shawn Michaels' reintroduction to TV and then this elimination chamber structure made, I wouldn't say made Raw for me must-see television, but I was more interested in watching Raw at that time because the chamber was something brand new. At the same time, the nostalgic fan that I am kind of was a throwback to War Games, which they had mentioned on television. Yeah. Um, I, um, I think, too, like, from my perspective, like, you know, Rock and Steve Austin had just left, and and they they were just untouchable on a on a superstardom level. Hard shoes to fill. Hard shoes to fill. Yeah. So they had to take a couple steps back. Yeah. To go hard forward. shoes to fill. Having said that, like SmackDown was easily just the fresher brand. There was a freshness to that brand. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, Edge was starting to really come to his own. A little Rey Mysterio. Bit. Rey Mysterio. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Exactly. Benoit. It was, it was a Guerrero. it was a fresh brand where it was it was. The, the the little mini universe that was created on what Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, whatever day it yeah. was on at that at that time just breathed youthfulness. You know what I mean? And fresh and, and fresh matchups, fresh wrestlers. While Monday Night Raw, I felt like was all the top names. And no offense to Triple H, at this time, like he it was. I felt like he's third string. Attitude era. He's you know the what big I mean? fish in the small pond. Well, not even that. Just that, like, you know, Austin and Rock had left. So you're the top guy just because... You're who's left. Yeah, who's left. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't really accept that quite yet. And same thing with Kane. Like, okay, well, you know, Undertaker's on SmackDown. We need a big scary guy on Raw. Like, Kane had kind of, like... At this point, I mean, the mask came off shortly thereafter. Like, I wasn't... Like, it felt like, every, like this was the the... Raw was the B plus attitude era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they had lost so much and the, the, the tides were changing. It just wasn't interesting to me. I wasn't interested in Triple H. I know RVD was was hella over, but to me, I didn't really care too much for him. I've softened my stance on that 20 years later. I think he's definitely worthy of a Hall of Fame induction, worthy of the of the acclaim he's gotten. But, you know, to me, he's like... CM Punk before CM Punk. Everybody thought this guy should have been the world champion running with the flag, you know, when honestly, like, he got as high as he was going to go. You know what I mean? Me, personally. It's not a popular opinion, but that's that. And then you look at guys like Booker T. I thought that's a guy who deserved more. Um, that, you know, this was a good spot for him for that. Yeah. Uh, Jericho, I thought, was no much, was was kind of like, he was better than RVD, but like, by that time, having already had a run as the champion, he, you know, it, to me, like he was, he was right where he needed to be. You know what I mean? As an established guy, so like to me, it was very much like, like I said, like attitude era light. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I didn't think of that. You know, third string QB from the attitude era. He's kind of holding the fort down. Um, they bring Sean back. I mean, it was why the guy won the belt so many times and he got returned to him. You know what I mean? Like Triple H was like, in that sense, like the reliable guy and i get it now as a, he, as was, a he was person, the, he was he like, was the greg gagne to 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 vince's Vern gagne in a way like yeah you know, um, like he, he relied on hunter because he knew hunter was a proven commodity yeah in his world um and booker rvd kane to a certain extent hadn't quite re i mean well yeah i'll take kane out of the equation uh, but booker and rvd even though they were super popular with the audience, hadn't quite gotten Vince's approval. They were on the so, way up. They, yeah, they're on the way. Yeah, they they're had on the an way. upward trajectory, but it was <clears throat> slow and steady. Yeah. And then there was Shawn Michaels, where like you're not sure exactly what's happening with him yet, but at the same time, as a fan of his, you want him to be 
the top dog. Yeah. Because you, because you'd missed him for so long, and it just wasn't happening quite the way we wanted it to. Yeah. The, quite the rate. He was we a little. It to. He was a little like flash of like the old. Like when yeah. They, when they like because he, because back then he was the man. And to me. It was also because he had unfair. I'm all I'm, I'm all about guys writing their own stories to end their careers. I'm a big fan of that. Oh, yeah, and definitely. Whether they win or lose that match, I'm all about them like you know going out on their own terms. And Michaels didn't go out on his own terms in '98. So, and I was very disappointed in that. And even with like the little teases throughout the years before he made his return in 2002 when he was he refereed the Iron Man match with Hunter and mm-hmm. Rock, you mean the commissioner uh, stuff. He was the commissioner. Yeah, at one point. Um, he even turned on. Uh, he joined. He had like a brief alliance with Hunter as like a like a sidekick, if you will. When Hunter was the champ, um, that lasted all of like a like a day or two or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, there was little teases of his involvement, um, and so when eventually he did make his return, I was like, "Great, he's going to end." You know, and for me, if he ended, if he won that match, I mean, well, he did win the match, but if he walked out of there at SummerSlam after having that fantastic match with Hunter, me today, Dave Rosenbluth today, would have been perfectly fine yeah. if that was the way he wrote that story. Well, and, and, or I should mm, say ended that story. But that's me today. That's fair. Okay. But 20 years ago, when he, once, when, when they did the injury angle post-match at SummerSlam, like you said, you had to think they were going to do something else with Hunter and Sean. And I was like, well, Sean's got to have a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he didn't have one in 98. Comes back, has his fantastic match in 2002. They do the injury angle. That's how you're going to write him off? No, yeah. you got to have a happy ending. Well, I th- yeah, and I think to that point, Shawn Michaels was, I guess, the, we'll say the second person that kind of went through this, you know, the third or fourth or whatever, but... You know, go back to the beginning of the year, like the return of Hulk Hogan and yep. what he got to do. Like there was no, and I think I said this when we did a watch along of that match. A whole Pandora's box opened of career revivals and career resurgences. Yes. And yes. just next chapters yep. and the second halves, whatever cliche you want to use, where like you don't see that in sports. Or you no. actually do sort of a little bit. But I mean, not, Albert Pujols and, yeah, and Baseball Yeah, you see it on the farewell tours, year. you know what I yeah. mean? But like you definitely like, you know, you see this new like way to present a talent and using the stories that have already been out there in existence. What's old is new. Yeah. And and modified and modernized and, and and recalibrated. And, you know, Sean was getting that opportunity here, just like Hogan had about six months prior where it was like, man, like, you know, just, it's a whole, there's these people stepping into a whole new world. Sean was gone for four years. And in that four years, the company had probably the most mediocre rise that it had Really, since ever, yeah, or you know, comparable to when Hogan was there in the '80s, you know what I mean? Like that was, Sean wasn't there for any of that. So mm-hmm. to your point, it, it was it helped rewrite his story. You know what I mean? It it helped it helped um you know, uh, fill some gaps a little bit yeah. for him because man, like I always wanted to see him and The Rock face each other, him and Triple H get back together or against each other. Like there yeah. was so much stuff in the out of him and Austin again. Like you always wanted to see that, and it teased it, like you said, and it just like. You didn't get it because of what unfortunately happened. And the beginnings of, oh, man, we could see that stuff again was starting right here. Yeah, I don't know if you've listened to the most recent uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. It was uh, about Hogan's comeback in 2002. No, no, um, I haven't. It was, you know, 2002, 2003-ish. And uh, Bruce confirmed uh, that one of the original ideas for this actual Survivor Series event was to do Hogan and Lesnar in the Garden. Um, in a rematch, in a, in, a, in a title match, 
Where wow. Hogan, where Hogan, because earlier that summer, Lesnar took out Hogan and took him off yeah. TV, and they were going to do the 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 rematch at the Garden, and there were a couple of contributing factors that um, that led to it not happening. One was that the logical story would have been Hogan makes his return and he beats Brock to get his revenge for Brock almost ending his career and taking him out three months or four months prior on television. Right. And coupled with the fact you had Shawn Michaels returning and they kind of had a big comeback story in mind, at least according to Bruce, when it came to Shawn. Yep. Um, And also, too, were the audience, especially in New York, in the Garden, would they have been receptive to seeing 54-year-old Hulk Hogan beat 24-year-old Brock Lesnar. Yeah, they had just spent months building Brock up to be this generational, to quote Pat McAfee, the alpha male of our species. Yep. Very literally. Yep. Like, yeah, to lose to Hogan, I think, would have been... And so they they kind of held off on, on that. And then, you know, there was obviously plans following that for Hogan to start something with Vince. They yeah, felt like, well, Vince was the logical choice. Well, even before that, you know, Hogan was more or less not around for up and up until that stuff started. So, you know, yeah. something didn't work for Hogan at yeah. that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. As the old saying goes. But I don't think, from, but from the way Bruce described it, I don't think it was on Hogan's part as to why the match didn't happen. No, no, no. I don't mean that necessarily. But if they could have got, like, to me, I guess maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, I didn't hear it. But, you know, I feel like you would have still found a way to get Hulk Hogan in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But maybe maybe it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. You know, like you said, so... But um, now, what now? What did you think of you know you're you're you know got a couple of years you know younger than me. Um, I was optimistic, positively, cautiously optimistic, if you will, about this match uh, because it was something that we had never seen before, and they kind of tied a war games element to it. Yeah. Um, first impressions of the structure, and then watching this match twenty years ago when it when it took place. I thought it was cool. I yeah. thought it was really cool. I was like, God damn, like there's they're not pulling punches here. Like yeah. I thought it was an like it was obvious that they were they they wanted their own war games of sorts, right? Yeah. You Very know Vince, Vince always gotta reinvent the wheel at that but time. I, right, but I think what they did to make it it was enough not war games to not be a ripoff. This isn't a ripoff. Yeah. This isn't its own thing. There's no thing. teams. It's single, single yeah, it's guys. Just, it's just on yeah. its own. It's its own thing. Yeah. And it became its own thing. And it has become its own thing. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's become a pay-per-view, which yeah. who knows if that's going to last or not. But that's, again. I heard that's, not, well, I mean, that is on the calendar for February. Yeah. It's, it's going to be its own event. And I think what, the make, what makes this different from WWE getting rid of the themed pay-per-views is that the chamber match because there's so many because there's six guys in a match or six women in a match I should say it's got like a a high stakes royal rumble vibe to it yep. where like there's a big opportunity if you if it takes place in this match compared to hell in a cell yep. where hell in a cell is where you end it all right yeah. there like that's it, yeah. the end all be all for a story elimination chamber was never like that because yeah. there's more than two guys in a match well yeah so, that, and it had like the it has the the it has a little bit of everything. It has that goriness. It has that raw violence for the sake of violence. Yeah. But then there is, like you said, that randomness, that spontaneity to it, that opportunistic element to it. Yeah. Um, to me, like the, the prime years of Elimination Chamber were like 
from like let's just say uh 07 to like 2012 where like they threw that thing in february and it was kind of like the last chance for people to get for to wrestlemania, WrestleMania which made whether it, yeah made things interesting. especially when there was two world titles it was like maybe one world title would be defended and then another would be like the winner gets a gets winner a faces that champ at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. the other champ oh, so yeah. like and they put out some bangers of pay-per-views that would really kind of do the old switcheroo on stuff yep. that is just really like that, that the, that the elimination chamber was the foundation for. And, um, you know, they, they kind of used that to their advantage at the last elimination chamber pay-per-view last year when Brock regained the title, um, having Saudi just Arabia. lost it in Saudi Arabia, like just really cool things that they got, that they get to do with it. And to me, I like it as it's part of the road to WrestleMania in a lot of yeah. respects. It's that again, it's that last <coughs> chance. Um, so if there's a theme pay-per-view that I feel like should remain, that's it. I would say it's this for yeah. that, for just that reason alone. Yeah. And you could even expand off of that and other, or fine tune in other ways that are more, um, more attractive. But again, that's, that's, that's a, that's a preference thing on my end. I, guess. No, I, I do agree with you. I do think that I, I, it's, it's, it's going to stay on the calendar. They're scheduled to, uh, to, uh, that pay per view or PLE premium live event scheduled to take place in in April or I'm sorry February um, as they get head towards uh, WrestleMania in 2023 and from Montreal so is uh, where the the way you said that made it sound like WrestleMania was in Montreal just to be clear you're yeah, saying the, yeah, the elimination yeah. chamber PLE is in is in Montreal, is in Montreal. on the road to yeah, WrestleMania which, which is takes in, place LA in LA or Inglewood or whatever I don't yeah. know I don't they'll call it Hollywood well I mean I don't want to disrespect people from those areas either yeah. if, if you know there is certainly a distinction I guess if there is a distinction it should be made they're clear. all about marketing and branding oh you know, yeah it's, yeah it's, it's sexier when you said it's from Hollywood as opposed to Inglewood so you know sorry guys but that's just how you know yeah that's just how it is I mean yeah exactly geographically speaking one is not the other but okay yeah. you know what I mean so, but, um, yeah, I, I always, I've always liked Elimination Chamber again. It's, there is a, you know, it has that element of who's next, who's coming in next, who's getting eliminated. And it's just, it's such a, um, open canvas within the, co- within the confines of what it is. Yep. It's an open canvas for creativity and just kind of, you know, jaw dropping moments. I don't, I, I, now what do you think of, you know, over the years we've seen all kinds of crazy stunts take place the the breaking of the bulletproof glass with the plexi windows which is really not bulletproof at all obviously that's just the way to, to sell the structure but what do you think of the changes that were made to the structure in in the last couple of years where it's not so much in like an oval dome it's almost shaped like a house like a yeah, colonial yeah. like a colonial <laughs> house if you look at it like with the, the pitch. how much would it be on zillow yeah right yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to be the real estate agent trying to you know get someone to buy that thing. But I believe I'm trying to remember at one of the accesses. I think it was the newer chamber that they brought. Oh, you got to stand in it. That's yeah, how you took I a like, took a picture with somebody. I think it might have been Zach Ryder. Yeah, or Matt Cardona or whatever. Yeah, don't Zach Ryder's Zach dad Ryder. or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they like had it half open, and they that's where they, he got to take it. Anyways, I like it. It's fine to me. It's it's no different than going from salad steel cage. Big blue or whatever we're gonna call it to going to uh, you know the chain link you know mesh mm-hmm. cage like it's whatever like it doesn't you know you, 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 the the steel grate is kind of gone on the outside that like circles the perimeter of the of the ring it's yeah. more or less like a platform that has a little bit more give for these guys yes. I don't know if it's like a I'm like fine a, with that like yeah. a, like a 
like a plex board or, or yeah. something like that. But yeah, I'm not callous enough to say that they should be falling on steel grates. Like, how dare they replace that? They need to go through pain. Like, yeah. whatever. If, 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 it, if it works for them, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sit there and complain that they're, you know, less of a man because they're falling on something that has a little bit more give because I'm not taking it. They are. So yeah. make it look real as you want or don't. It's fine with me. So, I mean, I'm cool with the changes overall, and I think, you know, the other elements of, you know, you know the, the Wiley Coyote camera that they eventually brought in. Not This was before, obviously, the new chamber, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, just those things. It's just, you know, it's a cool little... You feel like you're watching a game show in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, why, that's a lot of it, too, that I like, so... I think what also was intriguing about this match in particular... Um, I mean, there was a number of different things. There's so many moving parts. The the story, the the thread between Triple H and Shawn Michaels and their history, um, the 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 newness of this match, while at the same time is somewhat of a throwback, a takeoff of War Games. But um, what for me as a fan, what, what what was also very intriguing about the match was how RVD was going to use the chamber. Um, yeah. to, to execute, you know, certain moves and, in his arsenal. That yeah. to me was, and I think that's, I think that's very important in moving, moving forward in the evolution of the concept, because had RVD not been involved in this match, dare I say, I don't think it would have been as memorable, um, based on the things he was able to do. In fact, like this, is, this, for instance, here, he actually, we're watching this right now. He's gonna, he's about to do the frog splash off the top of this pod. This move where his, where his shin uh, lands on Triple H's throat and breaks his trachea. Yeah. And Triple H wrestles the entire match. Yeah, you can see it right there with a oh. broken trachea. Yeah. And and I think I think there was a documentary made about this where they talk about that spot right there. And yeah. I think RVD also said too, like Triple H obviously talked about the injury that he's suffering through here, but. Mm-hmm. RVD on RVD's end, he had made the mention that like I didn't really account for like the ceiling, as you can see on the the, the replay. Yeah, I didn't, like in terms of making that jump, or yeah. like I did, but like I didn't in the like in the I, I, I had to account for at the last second rather than when you get up there, you know, mm-hmm. before going up there. You think you could just make those moves, but then you get up there and you see what type of space you're working, and then you go, eh. and then of course that just that's that's like the cascading effect. Yeah, that changes everything, um, which is probably what led helped lead to Triple H's is uh, injury, if you will. So. Um, First elimination, RVD. RVD. Yeah, had his big moment. Yeah, but yeah. I would agree with you. I don't. I don't think he. Um. I don't. I don't think had he not kind of contributed to that. And again, his his character being in there, like that was kind of what you looked at him as. Is like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, he was like Shelton Benjamin before Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, ladder matches. Yeah, specifically. Yep. Or Kofi in the Money yeah. in the Banks. He's kind of like in that Jeff Hardy mold as well. Like, yeah, it was just like, what's we're gonna. This is how we're gonna structure the environment, and what's that guy gonna do with it? Because that guy is inventive. And um, the Spider-Man spot that everyone seems to do now, like between like the chamber matches and the ladder matches, yeah. he was the the first one to do it in exactly. this match. And then that, like you said, a cascading effect of guys that were able to take the structure and use it to their advantage to make for memorable moments. Guys Definitely. like a Kofi Kingston, John Morrison, yep, uh, where he fucking did something off the ceiling of the goddamn yep. thing inside of it, like yep. some sort of twisting elbow, whatever. After he like climbed the ceiling of it, so. Had it not been for RVD's involvement in this first match, I'm not saying that we would have never seen any innovative um, uh, scenarios or spots take place in the match. But you know, it, it would—I I, don't—I think it would 
be a while. Well, had he not been involved in it, that that we would have seen stuff like that. Well, somebody would have done something, but <clears throat> you can't ignore that what he did was valuable to making the match memorable. No, I'm not and, ignoring and, that by any means. You no, know, I guess what I mean is like. I don't think it would have been less memorable. It would have just been memorable in a different way if someone else was in that spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and luckily for him, he happened to be that guy and he happened to do what he wanted to do. And that's, mm-hmm. guess what? That's him writing his name in history. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're gonna he's going to kind of be synonymous in some respects with being a, a founding father of the, um, the innovative uh, psychology that is used in the match. Mm-hmm. That um, And again, he's that guy. Not a, not a Shelton, not a... AJ Styles or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's RVD who kind of gets that credit because he was there, you know, so I think as what, he should. I think what also is, and give me your, your take on it as well. I think what, what still at times is missing from this match, or at least has, I should, maybe I should rephrase that. What things that, one thing that has faded from the concept of this match over the years is you've seen more RVD spot monkey type stuff to take place in these matches and less physical like brutal beat like for instance like we watched the war games a while back where those guys just beat the shit out of each other in the cage and you see less I, i feel like you see less of that in the structure not saying that i want these guys to kill each other but you see less of that depicted in this structure and you see more of these like high spots that take place yep. during the match um, over the years where it's the, the, they they hype the element of danger in the match and what you what it's going to put your body through which I'm not discounting that it doesn't <clears throat> but I almost feel like it becomes like a, a, a TLC match without the tables the ladders or the chairs um, but yeah I, when it comes to the high to risk it. factor yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to that, although I will say that I think with its infrequency, you know, one thing that I do recall specifically is the last the last Low Nation Chamber where um, a very, I don't want to say routine, but maybe it's routine for the Chamber, but the bump that Bobby Lashley took knocked him out of the match. I know that was a work, but I mean... Through the plexiglass? Yeah, when yeah. They, and that was kind of the angle that facilitated Brock Lesnar winning the match. Yeah. Um, so I think there is that, that element where, again, even it's not like... We, what we saw wasn't brutal, but they were able to put it over as such. Yeah. And it worked. But, um, you know, I think maybe the, maybe the change in the structure has facilitated the more risk-taking elements of, you know, of um, high-flying and things of that nature because, and there goes Booker, because it's a little bit more forgiving. People are willing to do more on and off the, you know, the, 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 the chamber itself, uh-huh. you know, because they know it's a little bit more of a, of a softer landing. Okay. That may might maybe that plays into it. Okay. Yeah, I mean I, I can I, I, I can see what you're saying there. Whereas here, like where you you're jumping off the thing, you're go you're 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 jump you're going back into the ring. Mm-hmm. Where or you were doing the stuff on the graded steel there and you know, you probably never did it again. Because yeah. as you can see it's 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 no joke. So I mean, yeah. And I also thought too, following this match that that Elimination Chamber was going to because it took place at Survivor Series, I thought it was going to become a, a tradition at Survivor Series because they yeah. were they had they had stepped away from the they really had stepped away from the traditional Survivor Series elimination format as being the focal point. You may yep. get like one or two on a card, yep. but they're they're pretty much like thrown together um, classic elimination matches, and 
they were they were obviously acknowledging that this was a mixture of Hell in a Cell and War Games, but um, it was. I felt like because it was being introduced on a big stage like Madison Square Garden in Survivor Series that this was going to be the match at Survivor Series that was going to kind of encompass the elimination factor of Survivor Series with the element of War Games and Hell in the Cell all combined into one. But I'm glad that they, they, they kind of used it for big events um, I think throughout the years and then eventually it became its own, obviously, like you said earlier. I think it was very. It would be very fitting if they did keep it. I don't know if I would have, based on like you said, all the elements you just described. I think it would have been very fitting yeah. if it stayed where it was. The fact that it didn't obviously hasn't hurt it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you know it would have been cool if they kind of had some sort of feature matchup every year, where you know whether it's for a title or for whatever. You know how cool maybe you know we're you know in kicking out of two fashion. Who's to say that maybe like you know you bring back the uh, the match for survival with the remaining people in the Survivor Series matchups where they're thrown into the chamber at the end of the night. Yeah. You know, something like that. That would be cool. And the winner gets know? a title shot. Yeah. yeah the Elimination Chamber, the grand finale yeah, match great, survival. Yeah, yeah. and you got to do it in the in the chamber. That would yeah. that could be something, you know. You never know. But, um, you know, in this whole new world of WWE where, you know, Vince McMahon is no longer, you know, pulling the strings, you know, there, there definitely seems to be an endless possibility of things that can take place and things that you or I could pitch to each other that we, one of us would say that that's not going to work with Vince McMahon in charge or, you know, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. As we've said, as I've said numerous times when we've talked, you know, in other, in other conversations, mm-hmm. everything's on the table now. Yeah. You know, it's on the table until it's not. Oh, Nice. What's that? Nine minutes, and I'm about to win a bid on a Bobby the Brain Heenan action figure. Oh, right on. Yeah, on eBay. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, but as as we as we talk about you know this this concept, uh, you know, what I thought it was going to potentially be at Survivor Series, it, it at least appears that War Games on the men and women's side is going to be the new way to evolve the Survivor Series brand. Now, at the time, we don't know who's involved in the War Games matches, and we don't know if we're going to even get Survivor Series elimination matches. I kind of have a feeling that with a men and a women's War Games match, they might fill out the card with at least two or three more traditional Survivor Series elimination matches this year. Now, I could be wrong at the time of this, you know, when this recording drops, it could be completely different but give me your take on where you what you see with the war games matches i'm guessing that the bloodline on the male side is going to be one team yep who would you put them who would you have them oppose at survivor series coming up um that's a great question because honestly you know roman and the bloodline have really kind of gone through it all um are we saying all five of them are in the match? Yes, because because okay. just for the sake of discussion. Yes, yes. So we'll say Roman, Sammy, Solo, and the Usos are all in the match. Correct. Okay. All right. I think, um, I think. Ooh, that's a hard one, man. Because again, like I would, I would say Drew McIntyre, but like that just that just was a thing. Like that's how do you reignite that so quickly off of? Um, he still got unfinished business with Solo, who cost him the title at Clash of the Cast. That is so, true. That's a good point. There, that there, would be a nice little feud for Solo. There's if, yeah, if that's a nice little that. thing and to hang could, on to. There, you could pair them. So let's throw Drew on that team. Then, okay, we're sitting here kind of piecing this together. Yeah. I could put Drew on that team. Um, you know, we're talking about the the Usos. Who you know? That's how I'm, that's how I'm like framing it. Like, who can I match up with? Who's on the bloodline? Yep. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So we got Drew. Um, 
I'm going to say probably the New Day. Uh, I'm going to probably put the New Day in there. I know that as of this recording that that's uh, a matchup for it, for the titles that's set to take place on a future SmackDown. But I think the New Day also has name recognition. Um, and you got a guy like Kofi Kingston who can who can certainly contribute to a War Games match in terms of what we just talked about with RVD mm-hmm. in the Chamber. So let's just say the New Day. Um, whether it's all three of them or two of them, who knows where Biggie's health is? Let's just call it the two that yeah. is, that, that are healthy right now. Yep. Um, you know Xavier Woods, obviously, he's certainly um, you know not sending Christmas cards to Roman Reigns, having lost his, had his crown taken away from him last year. Yeah. Um, so let's be yeah, out. Let's go, Drew and Kofi and Xavier of the New Day. Um, it's that's that's what two three guys. So let's two more guys. I think I think Kevin Owens might be an appropriate guy to put in there for looking across the way and you see Sami Zayn. Yeah. Um, which could be the start of how something yeah, of his involvement with Sami's involved. You know, involving Sami and then the bloodline because a lot of people have predicted that you know he's going to have some sort of major um, involvement in this storyline. So maybe this is a way yeah. to introduce him. And then, you know, for that final spot, if we're looking at who might be, quote, opposing Roman, um, I think the most logical guy would be Seth Rollins. I think he's, you know, he's United States champion, kind of the head guy on Raw. Um, there's obviously history with Roman that you can kind of go with. Um, for such a, I don't want to say standalone event that Survivor Series could be, it's something that I think could occupy a good amount of time with attention, with that has name value. And, you know, Seth Rollins has that type of leadership character as the architect of the shield and the different mm-hmm. iterations of factions that he's worked with. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say probably um, I'm going to go with that. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, The New Day, and Kevin Owens. It seems like a hodgepodge, but that's also part of the appeal to I'm close with you. I was I originally so I was thinking about this earlier. I have Drew on there. I have Rollins based on the Shield history. Their cell, their their WWE social media is yes, celebrating the ten year anniversary of the Shield. That almost makes like that, so that makes I, it even a better the, an even better choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I call. had Kevin Owens as like a reveal as like the fifth and final uh, member of that team, and yeah. that is going to be like the spark that gets the bloodline even more stirred up with Sammy yep. because of Sammy's history with him. And then, you know, Jay accusing Sam, well, he's your best friend. Is he going to, you know, are you turn? you know, I don't know if we could trust you because your best friend's in the match and he's on the other team. You know, I could kind of see that being the thing that starts it with, with Owens yep. as he's the Definitely. final piece of that puzzle. So Drew Rollins, Owens, um, I was even going to say carrying cross. And the only reason why I was going to say that was because when he made his return to WWE a couple of months back, he attacked Drew McIntyre, but he also kind of made it clear that he wants, yep. you know, a shot at Roman in the title. So that may be a situation where, you know, he is put on this team because he's either forced to or um, Drew knows what he's capable of in that type of a setting. So therefore, Drew picks him to be on that team, even though they have their differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. then the fifth and final guy on that team. Um, originally I was like, oh, maybe it'd be Lashley. He just had a, a, a big match against Brock in Saudi Arabia. But now that I think about it, I would probably see Sheamus as the better suited fit for that team because of Sheamus's recent injury angle where the bloodline had taken him out. So okay. I could see Sheamus. So I could see Drew and Sheamus with Rollins, Owens, and Karrion Cross as the five against the bloodline. Okay. Um, okay. 
As far as other things to, to take place at Survivor Series, I could see, and I'll go on record saying this, and maybe they will have already done this by the time this recording drops, but I could see in the, a first in Survivor Series history, the first ever mixed gender, intergender, classic Survivor Series elimination match with the Judgment Day, mm-hmm. taking on the OC and some female that, you know, that equalizes, that equalizes Rhea Ripley, Ripley. In, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match. So once the one female from either side is eliminated, the other female is, she's not eligible to continue in the match, but she hasn't been eliminated. So, she, so let's say, for instance, if Rhea yeah. were, or they do a spot where the two girls get themselves counted out, and you're yeah, now it's three yeah, on three. Yeah, how do you? That yeah, would be more logical yeah. than anything else. I think. I think if we're going to talk about what might be included out in the more traditional realm, I know we talked about this before we started. Um, how cool it could be to see an elimination chamber drop down over two rings and have some sort of larger chamber. Now, that's not what I'm suggesting here. Mm-hmm. I think in 2022. If we're gonna do so, if it's Survivor Series, it's War Games, and you got two um, two rings that are gonna be used for those War Games matches. Why not give these tag teams a little more room to yes. have a tag team Survivor Series match? Yes, you're gonna use two. You get instead of having twelve people crowd the ring where they can't run the ropes and do all that stuff. Yeah, you got two rings. Just spread it out a little. Yeah, bit, you know what I mean. Um, and it'll be more of a fun match than anything. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be. Um, Raw versus SmackDown or whatever you could you could just do it based off of feuds and storylines and things like that. That's actually another thing too. While I am a fan of Raw versus SmackDown, when the brand extension is strong and adhered to, um, we're not at that point right now. I'm glad that they're not at, ditched so, that because so the last think, few years has been way too yeah. I think watered down with that Raw versus SmackDown yeah. team solidarity thing. I think if you especially I, if that draft was like in the exactly. fall and you just had oh now you all of a sudden care about being on SmackDown. Yeah, give me my three weeks ago you were just on Raw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, I am Team SmackDown all the way. Like that to me was just so unorganic. Yeah, I think I think um, I think if there's a reset in mind. I, hope, I would hope to think there's a reset in mind in terms of the brand extension at some point between this Survivor Series coming up and next year's Survivor Series 2023. Or maybe, I think we'll see Yeah, maybe it matters more in 2023 once yeah. a, a brand realignment has taken place that's yeah. a little bit more, again, adhered to and structured. Uh-huh. Um, so I think... I think on top of seeing a tag team affair of sorts uh, for a Survivor Series match with, with, the, with the added ring, I think it would be important to abandon the brand extension on all levels whatsoever don't do champions and champions don't do um you know unless you're going to unify titles which it doesn't look like that's going to happen either but i think if you if you can if you just put down those gimmicks for a year to allow equity to be built so that once it's reintroduced under a stronger more stable structure that is that is more honest then I think you could have a greater return in a future Survivor Series to bring back that, what I like to call the all-star game element of Survivor Series, which yeah. works best when, you know, I think is fits perfectly with the brands opposing each other. So yeah, those would be the two things I would, ex- what I like slash expect to see from Survivor Series war games. Okay, yeah, I dig that. I like that. Um, I could definitely get on board with that. Um, yeah. So we're here in the closing moment. Well, I say the closing moments, but we're pretty close. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I think the super kit comes here in a second. I just lost this bit on this action figure. Oh, that's bullshit. motherfucker! Oh. Guy came in and fucking swooped it out for me in under 
30 seconds. I hate that. Uh, Guys do that a lot. On these, on, uh, if I'm bidding on something on eBay, I'll yeah. be in the lead for like a week. And all of a sudden, oh, this, that's what happens. this cocksucker like shows game, up in right? like the 11th hour and decides, yeah. Motherfucker. Speaking of 11th hour, Shawn Michaels eliminating Jericho, who was... Did he start the match, or was Hunter been in the match the whole time? Hunter's been in the match the whole time. Okay, so they, so um, so, they, so they're really putting over Hunter losing the belt here. Is that he's exactly. he's gone through the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Hunter couldn't be a uh, yeah. They weren't uh, going to have Hunter be the last guy entered into the match. Yeah, for, yeah. losing fresh to Shawn Michaels, and they weren't going to put Shawn in there the whole time, probably because he's like, I'm not going in there the whole time. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> so, why he was last. Yeah, there you go. With exactly his, with his poop brown. And his ring attire and his yeah. cowboy boots. My goodness. And that was another thing, too, that, like, as much as, like, maybe this is just me, you know, Michael's winning this and the the, the the highlight reel and you see him, you know, with the confetti and he's holding the belt and, you know, the the kid came back, et cetera, et cetera, JR on commentary. I thought that was a little campy. but my, Maybe it's just me, but... Shawn Michaels with the 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 UPS wrestling attire, um, in this match, slightly taints this moment in my mind because what what, what individual thinks that that's acceptable <laughs> to come out and look like? It, I would have much rather had Shawn come out in his fucking jeans with a ripped t-shirt and cowboy boots, yeah. like old school NWA bunkhouse style yeah. for a match like this. Yeah, you know, I, I will say the, the knee thing- pad over the boot with yeah. the fucking bandana wrapped around the other side. You know, modern day Magnum TA yeah. type of deal. Instead, he comes out and he looks like, oh my goodness, it was just. I, I don't know if he was if he was going for that color for the 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 religious aspect of that he was kind of incorporating in his character with the color brown. I, I don't know. So. I don't. But I so not so much the the gear that I feel like taints this more than anything. To me, it's it's the Jr. post match call, and I think we should play it at the end if you if you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll play. It. I think it's fucking audio. cheesy. Um, he he spouts the line. Do you believe in miracles? Oh hey, he rips God, off Al yes, Michaels. Like yes. that's the worst. Like, come on, like Jr. Yes. the goat. Like, why at the yeah, time? Jr. don't need that. Yeah. Like, why are you ripping off other people? You know, Al Michaels is the Jr. of of his of, of his football. career. Yeah. While or Jr. Sports. is the Al Michaels of wrestling. Yeah. Um, the goat. Um, so I thought that was stupid. And on top of stealing someone else's shit, um. Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest of all time. Even here in 2002, his career is as good as anybody's that's ever stepped through those ropes. Yeah, if he never came why back, he was a, still going in the Hall of Fame. Why is it a miracle? He's Shawn Michaels. I, I, I know he's in. He, he's already in the match. He's already beaten Triple H. He's already proven he can do it. If this was his first match I back, guess, maybe. But why is it a miracle? I know I, that's I, a little I, nitpicky. I guess, but. I guess maybe because of the injury angle. and that, like, Because... Because he was gone for four years due to a back injury, and he beats Hunter, and then Hunter re-injures the back, and him for I guess, maybe, I guess I, yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just I'm taking nitpicky, a stab yeah, at it. Yeah, here. I'm nitpicky on this because again, and, well, I mean, I'm for, nitpicky about his fucking poop brown yeah, pants. Jr. Jr. going that route, I feel like, is silly for that reason. He's he's clearly shown that he can overcome adversity. He's clearly shown that he's one of the best of all time. Like, and Jr. Not for nothing. Even in 2002, you've been around. You've been doing this for a while. Just you've, a little bit. You've seen, you've seen some miracles, you know yeah, what I mean? just a little bit. You know, there was a guy named Ric Flair who you analyze that has survived a couple plane crashes before this moment that, you know, I would consider miracles. Yes. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. um, you know, not that he was there, but obviously he was, you know, aware of it. Bruno Sammartino, Sammartino and his neck injury. Shoot, work, whatever. That's a miracle. 
You break your neck, you come back and you win. Oh, and no. You know what I mean? Stan Hansen? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some miracles out there. Like, yeah. this I don't feel it like rises to the level of a miracle. But, you know, it... Good visual. We'll see it at the end in a few short moments. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, did he want to wash away the good God Almighty? Like, he's broken in half. And he, did he want that miracles line to, like, be his calling yeah. card? He wanted, he wanted a new... Because to me, yeah. that didn't... He fell short on that. It's still, it's still that hell in a cell call. You know, as God is my witness, he's broken in half. Yeah, that's the... Uh, yeah, that, that is... That is the call of calls. Yeah, that set in, him up in, for, yeah. for for eternity. Immortality. Yeah. In 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 the audible nature of wrestling. Yeah. For sure. You know, I mean it's 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 memed and vined and gift to death. You know, do you believe in miracles isn't popping up on nobody's nope. social media? No. You know what no. I mean? And if it is, it's coming from Al Michaels. You know what I also noticed as we're watching this match too, and I noticed this twenty years ago, but I I think it's important to bring up because we're just talking about the miracle of Shawn Michaels' victory in this match was the fact, the way that he bumped and the way he he worked in this match, that he did a really good job at at protecting his back because at this time, it was still unknown with the exception of that spot there, the little slingshot spot. Anytime he fell, anytime he took a bump, yeah. He didn't land directly on his back like he used to. He was very strategic in how yeah. he landed. You know, the, the 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 spot where he broke the bulletproof glass of the yep. fucking the, the chamber itself. I mean, you could see that Sean was being very cautious. I'm not saying that he shouldn't by any means, but you could tell that, like we said at the top of this recording, that they were taking this match by match. They really weren't sure the the a hundred percent complete condition like it was to the point where Sean had this match he wins they do the rematch at Armageddon and the three stages of hell with him and Hunter yep. he loses the title and that was the point in time where they had where they realized like okay he might be able to do a couple of big couple more big matches even more it's like it sounds like you're ready to go you can, yeah you can walk and, as much and, as you want to walk the and the re- off, and to know? me the real litmus test for him moving forward as it went, you know, eight years longer was the match with Jericho at WrestleMania. Yep. That's kind of what you know, he, he had, like Because he is... had matches that were, in a way, I wouldn't say protecting him, but I'll go, no, fuck it, I'll say it. Yeah, they were protecting his condition. Of course. The, the no-holds-barred match with Hunter at, at, at SummerSlam. This match with five other guys in the match. The other no-holds-barred match he had with the three stages of hell with Hunter. Yeah. He had involvement in the 2003 Royal Rumble match. He's the number one entrant against Jericho. Yep. Um, that was a short, quick involvement. But then the actual bell-to-bell match with him and Jericho, that's where I was like fully convinced, like, yeah. God damn, that's the old Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Well, that, I also is, think that is the Shawn Michaels that wrote... His ticket to the Hall of Fame, right yeah. there. I, that's yeah, that's a great point. I think the thing that is also worth admiring even more so. And again, we've never done this for a living. We've never sat, no, never bumped in a ring. They nope. call it a flat back bump. Part of your job is to literally fall on your back yep. thousands of times, and he's yes. obviously done that thousands of times before this. Correct. So that's like teaching somebody how to walk again. You know what I mean? Or that's that. It's 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 his, it's it's in its it's in his instinct. It's in his uh, it's second nature to him. To be falling, you know, and learning how to fall in such a controlled manner, mm-hmm. but apparently, obviously, because he was gone for four years, doing such as was too much for that. Yeah. So that's why he had to go away. So to come back and be able to relearn a new way, a new approach, so that he could survive and have way, a longer lasting yeah, career, yeah, in life for that matter, yep. like 
that couldn't have been easy. You know what I mean? Like that really couldn't have been easy. And I don't think people talk about that as much as they talk about just how he looks like he didn't miss a step. That is true. But the fact that he was able to hide that, knowing that he basically has to learn how to be a whole new wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, to, and do the things that you talked about. He, he was a smarter so well. wrestler and he yeah. brought out, he, he brought out the greatest hits when it was necessary, when it came to the dangerous high risk stuff. Yes. The so top rope elbow did. drops and the, the plancha over the top rope and, and things like that. You know, that stuff he was more calculated with, um, in the eight years following this. Definitely. You know, is it, did he did he take risks? Oh yeah, hundred percent he did. But, um, but he he took risks when they counted. Yeah, speaking when of they mattered. And here we go. Boom! Sweet chin music. That's gonna end it there. One, two, three, and then let me play the audio. Yeah, let's go. said it in his promo i was awarded this brand new title in uh, two months ago yeah so like i it's funny it's not wrong it doesn't make it less but it's funny that like there's he is speaking as if this is like the culmination of all this adversity that he's faced in the four-year absence and the the triple h you know match and injury and re-injury to finally become the world champion like that wasn't even really his goal to begin with when he returned. Yeah, his goal yeah. was to, to have that one big match against, you know, his at that time, his best friend. Yeah, so it's just you funny know? how that they kind of bridged they bridged it to this to get that moment that you could tell that yeah. like, that's got to be. And the now all of a sudden the new purpose was all like, well, he wanted to be the champ yeah. all along. Like, it's, like the, it's like the boyhood dream came true all over again. Yeah, like if else. I would have I gone a slightly different route and I wouldn't necessarily have had him win the title here. Um, at the Survivor Series, but I would have kind of done the 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 old guy comes back to 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 try and win the championship angle, yeah, because um, they didn't really do that in this match because there was four other five other guys involved in it, yeah. Um, they didn't really go that route where they were like, you know, the 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 veteran Shawn Michaels who came out of retirement is here to wrestle for the title, right, right, right. They didn't go that route. They just, they kind of went the... Oh, he wants to get his hands on Triple H. Yeah, and it was almost like it felt, in some ways, it felt like he was just like everybody else in the match. Like, he had never left. Yeah. You know, with with that type of, you know, um, presentation. Yeah, when it could have been a really highlighted story in the match that could have reverberated to the other competitors in yeah. some way. You know what I mean? That's, I feel like how, it you know, Kane, and, and then it could have, it could have been something where like Kane or Booker T or whoever, it's like, you know, like, you know, Shawn Michaels been gone for four years. I've been here for, you know, whatever. I'm not going to let him come in the back door and yep. take away my opportunity. I don't care how, you know, 
how much of a legend he is, except you know something yeah. along that line. Everyone kind of had their own piece on it, you know. Yeah. what I mean, RVD Booker, but they kind of sent, they kind of, they kind of signaled it as that like all these guys, and maybe even Jericho to a slight degree, they were, they all had beef with Hunter from stuff that had taken place in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so therefore Hunter was the main target, and he was being punished. By being put in this match and enforced Which is an interesting title. way to book the match to begin with. You yeah. Know I mean, because that, that kind of puts the adversity on Triple H, which Triple which H you would think, to in the pre-match interview. Which like, you would think he was the fucking baby face at that point. Yeah, so it know? was interesting, but that just tells you how much people hated him. Where they were like, good. Oh, yeah. Let's get this fucker yeah, and throw get, him into the meat grinder yeah. and just let him get his ass kicked. Yeah. Now he's got to earn that fucking belt back. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or just like, God, good. Sean's the champion. Triple H isn't anymore. Yeah. And like, that's... We were still happy to see him as the champ because I remember being disappointed when he dropped the title two months later. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, he just gave it back. And this guy's been gone for four years. Yeah, like every we've this guy like ugh. And but you know, Shawn Michaels was above being the champion by that point. Oh yeah, he didn't need the title. It, it, like he was already he he had his own place on the show. Exactly. Um, but all right, so that does it for this uh, uh, Survivor Series mystery watch along. It's a mystery no more. We watched the classic Elimination Chamber match, the inaugural Elimination Chamber from Survivor Series. 2002 hope everyone has a wonderful happy thanksgiving turkey day holiday um eat a lot of food fall asleep on the couch wake up do it all over again watch some football i know the giants and cowboys are gonna be on thanksgiving so i'm looking forward to that uh since i am a giants fan and then of course you know i'll be hosting a fan a, a thanksgiving uh post thanksgiving um brunch of sorts at our home uh, with the with the family, so I'm looking forward to that as well. I hope you all have a great holiday. Um, in the meantime, um, stay tuned for more content for all of you as a part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbeam by searching Retromania with a W. In the archives at this time right now, you can find What If the Montreal Screwjob Was a Work. That's right. Marking out the days, the rebrand season, Kobe and I, we sat down for a couple hours and we mapped out the trajectory, the excursion from Montreal to WrestleMania 14. What would have taken place had Bret Hart not left the WWF and went to WCW and this whole thing was one big, giant, elaborate storyline. You'll find that out in the archives as well as all the great content. Cool Truth of AC, this show kicking out at two. In fact, we got some fun stuff for the holidays coming up in the next uh, next few recordings. We're going to be doing some more of these mystery watch-alongs. We're going to call them Secret Santa watch-alongs, if you will. We're going to have some choices, and we're going to let the roulette, we're going to let the Secret Santa pick what we're going to be watching with all of you on the Peacock. So, be on the lookout for that in the very near future. And I think it's about that time that we put the show down for the three count. We'll catch you all next time.